How do you find the time to write a book? There's constant distraction. There's no time. There's children. There's taxes. There's TikTok. There's no children, taxes, and TikTok. Yes, those are the problems. (laughs) (laughs) I only have to deal with one of those. Smashing Security, Episode 306, No-Fly Lists, Cell Phones, and the End of Ransomware Riches, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 306. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Carol, welcome back. We've all been worried about you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you worried about me. I had uh, 24 hours of not-to-be-discussed violent illness. <laughs> Holy moly! Let's just say. The perfect cue for our guest, <laughs> Maria Vermazis. Coming out both ends, Maria Vermazis. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hi, Maria. You don't make me sick. Hi! <laughs> that is a ringing endorsement. I, I don't think anyone's ever said something nicer about me. Oh. I don't make you sick. That's so great. Love you too. <laughs> Before we kick off, let's thank this week's sponsors, Bitwarden, Manage Engine Pam360, and Nord Lair. It's their support that helps us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I'm going to be giving some great advice for budding authors. Ooh. And Maria, what about you? Uh, how to hack an airline or not, really. <laughs> <laughs> and with me, you'll enter the world of ransomware, if you dare. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, uh, huddle up, because I want to ask you a very serious question, which is, have either of you ever been interested in writing a book? Have you thought about writing yes, a book? Yes, yeah, a billion yeah. times. Yes. Ooh. Yep, yep, oh, yep. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Maria, what kind of book have you thought of writing? Oh, goodness. Um, I've had a whole bunch of ideas. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> but I haven't done it, which is the important thing. So I, you know, nobody has to do the, how's your novel coming along? Are you writing a novel? Would it be like romancy or crimey? No. no. Or sci fi? No. Sexy? <laughs> Erotica? <laughs> Erotica? No. No. Mystery? Memoir. A memoir. A memoir. Yeah. Carol, have you ever ever thought of writing a book? Yes. A thousand times. Yes. Yes. I remember you writing something when you were, uh, well, we used to work at the same company, of course, and you used to spend part of your time writing about, it was sort of an erotic romance about (laughs) one of the senior members of staff and his body of pink steel. This is you you ranking crazy. He's whisking up our past to be completely My goodness. What happened, Graham? Was the security very naked or no? (laughs) (laughs) What happened was that I bought Graham for his birthday a how-to book for dummies, you know, those dummies book, and it was how to write erotic romance novels. And it was fantastic. And then we challenged ourselves and we both wrote (laughs) one about senior members of staff at Sophos. On paper, he was an impressive catch. As a senior player in a leading IT security company and the founding father of several charities, 
he wore his great power and wealth lightly. Nothing gave him as much joy as seeing the faces of the children he helped save. As an ex-member of the British Olympic badminton team, women fantasized about him lifting them into his arms and carrying them to a large, silk-draped bed. His simple grey suits it a body of pink steel, with a taut chest that rippled as his perfect ass made women stifle some. And the game was which one was sexier and which one could you identify? And uh, I think you won the prize, Graham. I think you won. Well, I don't want to uh, don't want to blow my own trumpet, which did, of course, occur in chapter three. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I've always wanted. I've always thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to write? Maybe, maybe my memoir. Maybe you know, memoir. my struggle. You know, you what, know how you a young to, lad. I don't. Th- I don't think twenty-page books are uh, the what, big rage. <laughs> that's a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is this: I think many of us would love to write a book or write a novel or something like that. But how do you find the time? How do you find the time to write a book? There's constant distraction. There's no time. There's children. There's taxes. There's TikTok. There's no, children, taxes, and TikTok. Yeah, those are the problems. <laughs> I only have to deal with one of those. <laughs> and maybe more importantly, how can you be sure that you'll actually make any money out of the book? Because it would oh, be just, such a waste of time, wouldn't it? Writing a book and you're not going to make any money out of it. You know, just yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think years. you write a book for money. Well, I hope you don't, because I think it's quite hard to make money out of a book. Yeah, you would think that people would understand that, Curl, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, you write, you write it for the, uh, for the cachet. The cachet, not the cash. Okay. Well, anyway, look, I've got the answer. I've got the answer. I've worked out somewhere where you can go. We can spend hours in the privacy of your room, not being disturbed by children, not distracted. You don't have to worry about paying your bills. You don't have to think, oh, I've spent too long at Waitrose, you know, popping out to the shops, doing things other than writing. It is the perfect place to be. It is, of course, prison. If you go to prison, they lock you up for hours and hours, 23 hours a day. In a cell. With a brand new Apple Mac. <laughs> well, well, no, they don't. I don't know that they do give you an Apple Mac. Lightning speed fiber. Well, so you can surf the internet and not write your novel. <laughs> you sound, you sound rather skeptical. But my attention was brought this week to a report in the Marshall Project. It's a non-profit news organisation. They've taken a close look at the use of cell phones behind bars, mm-hmm. behind prison bars. Prison bars, okay. Yes, prison bars. Not behind the bar of, <laughs> not Moe's okay. bar. Okay. Amanda Huggin kiss. Nothing like that. Wow. 90s references. So, Love yeah. it. Get everything on this podcast. It's great. He stopped living then. <laughs> Early Simpsons. I'm, I'm with you. I got it. He just I got started it. Yep. using the word woke. So, you know. <laughs> in, oh, no. <laughs> in, I'm ignoring you. In most prisons. Is Yeet going to be next? No. Okay. In Sorry. most prisons. <laughs> You're not allowed phones. They don't like it. Right. But it doesn't mean people don't have phones. They definitely do have phones. Sometimes they have very, very tiddly, tiny phones. There is. I looked up on Amazon. There's a phone called the Zanko Teeny Tiny T1. All right. I need to Google this. What is this? It claims to be the world's smallest phone. It's about the size. Oh, my God. Fits, fits into thumb. any orifice. Exactly. Oh, that is definitely going up somebody's bum. So oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if it has a vibrating ringtone or not. I don't, I don't know if you can help you play chess to a grandmaster level or, or not, but, but it's known 
as the boss beater because it's designed to beat a body orifice security scanner known as the boss. <laughs> you can listen to music, albeit muffled. You can text <laughs> with your friends. You can make calls, but it's so tiny. This, I mean, it's it's about the size of your ear because if you so if you hold it up to your ear with its tiny little speaker. I wonder whether you're also covering the microphone, which is meant to be your mouth, whether you're constantly sort of sliding it back and forth. I don't know. But it is presumably, as we've already said, uh, well, as you've said, Maria, rather uh, grubbly, it is probably fairly easy to smuggle into a prison, albeit somewhat uncomfortable. Okay. So mobile phones are apparently one of the most smuggled items into prisons after cakes with files in them. That's how you do your business, right? Exactly. It's how you do your business. You contact Uncle Joe and say, Uncle Joe, remember the meeting. Don't be late. Well, I don't know if they're meet. What you mean, meeting in the in the prison, or which, no. <laughs> maybe you know you're conducting business outside the prison. If you have a phone, you have ability. I don't to do think that. they're calling cell to cell. I know they're called cellular <laughs> phones, but I don't think they're calling from cell to cell. It's the outside world that they want to talk to, isn't it? Because of course you might still. No, that's what I'm saying. You might still. Is that what you were saying? Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Anyway, the thing is, yes. normally, normally a phone, right? If you've got a, a phone in the prison, it's being monitored, isn't it? You have to sort of, you, you're only allowed to call certain people like your brief or your uh, your mole outside or your, your but the thing is that the, the phone calls are being monitored and supervised for understandable exactly. reasons. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And they're being recorded at all times. So all the time. it's not like you're going to conduct illegal businesses or no a prisoner never would do something shady like that. <laughs> never do anything never. like that so their prisoners might want their own phone and some are using these just to stay in touch with their families which is understandable because you would be worried i would be worried you know i might call up you know the dog see that he's doing okay i might call up my child i might just want to check their you know done their homework or something so i'd give you know i'd give someone a bell so you might want it for legitimate reasons and simply, you know, not be restricted to the times when you're allowed to use the phone and who you're allowed to call. But also people are using their mobile phones in prisons, especially in America, to traffic guns and drugs and even sextortion scams are being operated from inside prison. You know, these scams where they mm-hmm. pretend to be nubile young women and get you to take your clothes off and do things in front of I've the I've heard webcam. of them, yeah. Yeah. Do you know the coolest uh, prison uh, racket that I've ever heard of? Go on, tell me. Poetry. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) There was a prisoner who would coordinate with other prisoners that he would write erotic poetry for the loved ones back home for a certain amount of money or (laughs) cigarettes or whatever. Because he was a very good writer. So he would actually, like, people, other prisoners would pay him and he would, like, he would do a Cyrano de Bergerac thing. Oh, (laughs) without the big nose. Ah. That's quite romantic. I quite like that. Yes. Poetry for prison. Yeah. Erotic poetry. <laughs> oh, it's erotic poetry. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was erotic poetry. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You have to f- it's quite difficult, isn't it, finding rhymes for certain things? <laughs> you can do it if you try. <laughs> I was thinking of the family china and, you know, things like that. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, some people get up to naughtiness. So more naughty than that. I heard of one guy who was on death row and he was making threatening calls to a Texas state senator. Um, so, you know, we're going to so, mate. Did it well, work? No. <laughs> but anyway, the Marshall Project, they report that they can also be used for good. So they say that some people are smuggling contraband phones into the prison to take public 
Harvard classes. So they're they're、What? actually oh right oh to study right yes to study so、mm-hmm. to improve、mm-hmm. themselves which is a wonderful thing isn't it or they're learning medical care so maybe you know like hey, Jimmy fingers you know I just got slashed down in the showers so if you've got a gaping wound <laughs> and you don't want to go to the Rosers or the Nurks what's the phrase for <laughs> prison guards I don't you, know you definitely want your doctor to be called Jimmy fingers and not like Jimmy stumps. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy sutures,、um. and so and so that people are going up on these sites and they're they're checking out all these videos and they're doing their they're sort of fixing people up with like you know pipe cleaners and a, a bit of you know a, a spring they find down the back of a bunk bed or something they're doing first aid and they're using YouTube and TikTok to develop new skills you know it's wonderful really isn't it now、uh, one guy was able to FaceTime his mum. Before she passed away, I mean that's a great thing, isn't it? Aww, isn't that lovely? From the phone that he smuggled up his bum with a faint poop stink. <laughs> some of you, you must put it. You must put it in a condom or something. Some slap it up your have、butt. even charming. Some have even <laughs> self-published books on Amazon, which they wrote. <laughs> They've typed on the tiny phone's keyboard. <laughs> well, no, okay. I knew you were going to say this. They're not necessarily using the tiny teeny Zanko T1. Which has the world's smallest keys to press. Some of them have actually smuggled in smartphones, of course, which include voice dictation. Might be a bit quicker, maybe. I don't know, but this is this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Some are taking online classes. Some are participating in Zoom classrooms. So well, that's kind of admirable, though. I mean, well, know, it is getting your master's degree from prison. That's kind of great. Can I ask how they know this? Because、is this what they said? They've gone to interview somebody. The Marshall、what? Project have been talking to prisoners and finding out what's going. Honest、on. to God, if I was a prisoner and I pulled this off, I would tell everybody. <laughs> I would be like, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah, only when you're out, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if I got in in the first place, I probably wasn't the smartest. But yeah, I would be bragging like hell. Well,、yeah. and and some are doing this to participate in Zoom classrooms. Others, you know, this online gig. Hustle, which you can do. You know how everyone's remote working these days. You say to the boss, "Oh yeah, yeah. As long as I get the work done, you know, don't worry about the hours I do. I'll get the work done." And you either farm it out to Fiverr or something, and get someone in Indonesia to do the work for you, or you have about three or four different jobs on the go at the same time. You're employed by all these different companies, and you you say, "Yes, yeah, I'm there."、And、you just got different windows open. Well, some of these guys in prison apparently are doing online gig work. So maybe they're helping the rest of us. <laughs> they're on Fiverr. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, listen, I don't care if that task. I'm only getting five bucks for it. I'm, I'm in prison. It's more than I would make. <laughs> it's a, it's it、oh、is incredible though. Like you can be incarcerated physically, but you can still yes, you know, as long as you've got one of these little gadgets. This is the wonder of technology. Isn't there a famous character from some TV show who gets his like law degree from prison? Probably there there are people who've done that, haven't they? Where、yeah. they've been in prison and they've they've、yeah. basically trained themselves up because they feel that they got stitched up. Well, what else are you going to do, right? You've got all that time. Yeah, it's be like the one time in my life I'd be like, yeah, I will commit to this now. <laughs> you've made me. It? I'm in a yeah, cell. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> There's one prisoner who's managed to sign up three hundred other prisoners at different prisons across the United States. They're all signed up now for a Harvard computer science course. Good for them. And so. It's, it's you know, but it's and freelance writing, right? I could work anywhere because I do a bit of writing, right? I write blogs and things. I could、yeah, do a little、anywhere. bit. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I could do, actually do this from a prison cell. I'd have unfettered Why internet access. Why don't you、access. try? You should go to prison. I think that is the plan. You should do that. Just go try it out. Try. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I think I think this is a. 
fine thing as long as it's not being used for scams. If there was some way to get people to use this for good rather than bad and not engage in the bad stuff, maybe maybe we just need net nanny. Maybe we just need more surveillance as to what people are doing. I don't know. What would you do if you had a life sentence and an internet connection? Maria Vermasis. <laughs> Life sentence and an internet connection. Yes. That's what the pandemic felt like, honestly. Um, <laughs> Maria, what have you got for us this week? <laughs> Mine is actually about security. I don't know if that's okay, but um, <laughs> let's draw it out. Mine was definitely about security. Mine okay, was hush, about... Hush, <clears throat> hush, hush now, Graham. Hush, hush. It's now Maria's turn. B-Y-O-D. It was B-Y-O-D. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the teaser for my segment is how to hack an airline or not. And, uh, is it really hacking something if you just walk into something (laughs) and just find an unsecured list of names on an unsecured server? Is that really hacking if you just pick it up? It sounds more like stumbling, doesn't it? Stumbling upon it. Yes. No, I think the hacking bit is taking it, isn't it? Is it, or has one just found it? Yeah. Um, so uh, mm. our 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 listeners, I'm sure, <laughs> will understand what I'm about to say. Shodan has struck again, <laughs> struck oh. gold. Yep. Uh, a person who goes by the name of, okay, I'm going to get this name incorrect. Hold on a second. Maya Arson Crimeu um, is a Swiss hacker and used Shodan to, you know, scan unsecured servers on the internet, as one does with Shodan, because that's what Shodan does, and happened to find a unsecured server run by the U.S. national airline Commute Air, which I have never heard of, but they must be a smaller provider. Okay. And found a text file on that server, you know, wide open to the internet, called nofly.csv. Their no-fly list, like, we're not flying that person. Tis not... Commute Air's no-fly list. It is the United States' no-fly list. In a CSV file. So it's not encrypted. It's just plain text. It's not even an Excel spreadsheet format, is it? It's just anything <laughs> you can open with. Right. Yeah, you can just use it with Notepad text or whatever. Pad, yeah. Just Textpad, just, just plop it on open. And uh, it apparently has about 1.5 million entries in it. And includes names and birth dates, multiple aliases for some people who may be trying to evade the government. This is the Jesus official wept. U.S. government terrorist screening database um, and, and the official U.S. government no-fly list, which has been extremely controversial in the United States for the past 20-plus years, by the way. Uh, but it, it ballooned in size ever since 9-11 for um, probably very obvious reasons. Have um, we searched the list for the names of people we know? You know, I bet you could. I, I actually have not gone to look to see if someone has put this CSV online, although maybe we could just go find it. We could just spit, go on Shodan right now and be like, hey, no flight CSV. Graham wants to Google his name, you see. No, he no, wants no. to see if he's on it. Crow, I remember that, in fact, Maria, we all three of us worked at a company where a certain person who worked in the virus lab shared the name with someone who was on the do not fly list. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it caused them some difficulties, didn't it? I imagine it would. I yeah. uh, my husband ran into some issues with that, and his name I I don't know if it was honored or not, but mm. he had an issue with uh, getting flagged from that. It, it's a big problem if you're right. flagged and you, there's there's really no recourse for you if you're you feel like you've been incorrectly included. It's a big problem. Yeah. Um. So according to Crime U, 
who's mm-hmm. by the way, their their website is maya.crimeu.gay. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Just amazing URL. Um that apparently a lot of the people on the list, their names were of obvious Arabic or Middle Eastern descent. There are some names that are Hispanic or Anglican sounding, but there are also a lot of Russian sounding names. I don't know what we want to do with that information, but it's just interesting, I guess. Hmm. Yep. And uh, apparently the TSA says it is, quote, aware of a potential cybersecurity incident with Commute Air, and we are investigating in coordination with our federal partners. <laughs> and uh, further investigation showed that this no-fly list is apparently from 2019, so it's a few years old. Uh-huh. Uh, so presumably it's gotten bigger since then. I So my gut says, okay, you'll tell me if I'm right or wrong, maybe you'll know, but I guess there's an employee who could have a little cut and paste while they are working for the TSA, and now they find themselves working at Commute Airlines and just plopped it in the database as their kind of, you know, welcome gift for hiring them. I mean, it's a goof, isn't it? It's a you, do you, It's quite well, it's a goof, goof that someone found it. It's not a goof that it exists. Yeah, but do you but do you think it was maliciously taken or left there, or it's more like to be more like to be a cock up, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, Crimey just stumbled across it. It didn't take super long for them to find it either. <laughs> that was their their blog post is super funny. Um, and it's just like basically using Shodan, looking for exposed Jenkins servers, all of a sudden, doink, <laughs> what is this file? Oh my God, look at this. Apparently a lot of the, the process in the blog post was actually trying to find journalists who'd be interested in this story. <laughs> and a lot of them did not understand what Crimea was trying to tell them, which is hilarious. I'm reading the blog post right now. And the way they put it is, holy shit, we actually have the no fly list. Holy f***ing bingle, what? Various emojis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 doesn't take a whole long time for crime you to find this file and be like, oh, that's what this is. It's just it's ridiculous. So this isn't just people's names. This is also passport details and license numbers and addresses and all sorts of information about crews as well as actual people on the no-fly list. Yeah, CrimeU was able to find a bunch of other files mm. that were exposed openly to the internet, including that information that had serious PII like that you mentioned. Uh, the no-fly list had just, I believe, names and birth dates, which again, right. not, not a small thing either. Um, but yeah, all, all sorts of other sensitive information was also wide open to the internet. I mean, it's like, it, is it really a hacking story if it's just yet another like yes. bucket misconfig? It is, but yes. it's just like, oh my God. No, I know. But <laughs> it keeps us employed, I guess. But. Yeah. <laughs> If I left, you know, if I left a golden statue in my front garden, would mm. I expect it to disappear? Yes, I would. Right? And that's kind of what they did. They kind of just left something, but they didn't leave it out front. They, someone had to go, you know, it's like I left it in my back garden in the corner <laughs> off to the side. I wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily this was in the back garden at the corner. It feels like it was maybe... was right on the f- curb? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like right there? Somebody went, oh, it's yeah. on the curb. This must be available for... And they just for- looked at it. Yeah, yeah, just like somebody's donating this or it's going to trash, whatever. <laughs> like it's un- it's unclear. <laughs> yeah, but it goes to show, like, I wonder if all small airlines have access to the no-fly list like do does everyone have that is this like i would imagine they they must because uh, they all have if you fly within the united states you have to comply with the united states federal like air laws but so, do you need it as a great big list or could, is should there be a system whereby you can sort of look up a name or something well, like I think, I someone's suspect name that's and, how it works and someone has the yeah, whole but, list nice. Yeah, or or maybe maybe it was a centralized database, and someone's like, "I'm going to make a local copy." Yeah. I mean, I I don't yeah. know how it works on the back end. And I I'll mean, keep it, it on the cloud. 
in CSV form with no protection. Maybe, maybe their internet went down at some point and they're like, well, we oh. can't fly unless we have this list. So we better have a local backup. Like I could totally see that. Happening. Well, that's true. I mean, if you had to access some sort of shared resource and you were, if you were a baddie getting onto a plane and you realize you're on the do not fly list, then the thing to do is to DDoS the do not fly server, I suppose, isn't it? So people wouldn't be able to access it to look you up. So I, I guess people must have access to this data did, somehow. Yeah. And did yeah. Maya get in touch with them to tell them that they found this? Uh, that's a good question. So me, she's, it's th- not responsible disclosure, really, if you're slapping this out there. So what happened? So at the bottom of their blog post, it says what happens next with the no fly data. And I'll just read what they wrote said. So while the nature of this information is sensitive, I believe it is in the public interest for this list to be made available to journalists and human rights organizations. So if you are a journalist, researcher or other party with legitimate interest, please reach out to no fly at crimeu.gay. I will only give this data to parties I believe will do the right thing with it. Alternatively, the data is now available for access upon request via DDoS secrets. So mm. the TSA knows now. <laughs> they know. Yep. yep. <laughs> no, I know. So, but we do yeah. tap dance about, you know, responsible disclosure. And I think well, it's important. Yeah, but they haven't they haven't released the data to the the, the wild, as it were, have they? They haven't published no. it for any Tom, Dick and Harry to see. No, they're just telling their story. I suppose you're right. They're just telling their story, I I think, and sharing it with journalists to corroborate their story, maybe. Okay. Given the outcome, could one classify this as, I hate saying this phrase, but hacktivism? I think if they put put the list out for everyone to see, yes. Yeah, but they haven't done that. They haven't done that, no. I mean, yeah, it it is, I mean, again, expose server to the the wide open internet, like, it's... uh, but at the same time, I mean, these things happen and it happens a lot. And I, I guess this is a better outcome than someone going, I'm just going to put it on paste bin. Go nuts. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, sometimes I get emails from people saying, would you like the contact details of 50,000 people uh, who are interested in a particular product or something Fuck like this? No. You know, would, would you like this mailing list? <laughs> and I'm thinking if I ran a multinational evil conglomeration, and I wanted to get together all the baddies around the world for some mega conference, probably underneath a volcano, then this is the kind of list <laughs> which I would really like. This would be yes. fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, you could hit them up. Hit right? them up. Get the, you know, make a sort of, I've got another whole new James Bond plot in the off in here. I, I was going to say, you're really entering your James Bond villain yeah. phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Crow, what have you got for us this week? If you wanted to rob a bank, you need some guts, right? Because you'd have to storm in. You'd have to figure out the best time to do it. So when it was quiet and the security guy was having a poop or something. Um, you'd have to cover your face to make sure no one could, you know, see you to describe you. Yes. You'd have to scare people into cooperating, hoping to God that in 30 seconds you'd have a fat bag of money and you'd be diving in your getaway car. Peeling out yeah. of Dodge. Scarpering, yeah. <laughs> It's not for the faint-hearted. No, it's not. There's a lot that could go wrong there, you know? And like today, if you want to steal cash, you just go down the ransomware route, right? You're unlikely to get killed. You're unlikely to be recognized. Unlikely, but... Not guaranteed, but much less likely. A lot of crims are doing it. That's true. A lot of crims are doing it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. They're working from home in their pajamas. And ransomware is a service. Big model now, right? It's thriving. Maybe they're in prison. Maybe they're in prison coordinating a <laughs> Maybe ransomware they operation are. by their mobile phone. 
which would be a cybersecurity uh, oh, angle. Oh, full circle. We did it. We did it, everybody. <laughs> but last year, there was a notable shift in the ransomware ecosystem. Really? Yes, because had you asked me last year, I would have said that based on the fact that everyone's putting every digital thing they've ever done online in a cloud somewhere to keep Mm -hmm. from nudes to prescriptions to photos to everything, it seems inevitable that ransomware is going to continue to plague both the lowly user and, you know, enterprises and companies and hospitals and all that. However, according to Chain Analysis, this is a company that claims to be the blockchain data platform, they recently shared some ransomware findings, and it's receiving more than its fair share of press, because the news is rather surprising that cybercrime gangs have had a 40% drop in earnings in 2022. <clears throat> That's huge. So in 2021, extortions were estimated at $765 million, whereas 2022 is estimated at $460 million. 40% drop. So Why? Sadly, it's not because ransomware has had its heyday. Mm. Despite the drop in revenue, the numbers of unique ransomware strains in operation uh, have reportedly exploded in 2022. But despite this so-called explosion, there's a strong whiff of affiliations in the ransomware world. Hmm. So while dozens of ransomware strains may technically have been active throughout 2022, Many of the attacks attributed to these strains seem to be carried out by the same people. Microsoft security researchers uh, back this up by analysis on similarities between attacks of different strains and saying, look, it's, you know, how they're carried out is very, very similar. Must be the same people behind it. Well, the same people behind the technology, I guess, but it could be different criminals who are actually launching them, couldn't it? Well, this is where chain analysis comes in, because they look at blockchain wallet activity. Right. Yep. And they say that often the ransomware attackers reuse wallet for multiple attacks. Okay. Okay. So in other words, there's loads of strains, but it's being admitted by a small group of folks. Okay. Worthy. I'm with you. But this doesn't really explain the 40% drop in ransomware return. 40%. Yes. Feels like a lot. Doesn't it feel like a lot? That does, especially considering the fever pitch every year of ransomware is out of control. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not a small issue. I'm not going to. I'm going to try and convince you now. Okay, try and convince us. Okay. Yep. So Conti was a prolific ransomware strain for a few years, okay, taking in more revenue than any other variant in 2021. Mm-hmm. But in February, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the Conti team publicly announced its support for Vladimir Putin's government. Soon after, a cache of Conti's internal communications leaked and indicated connections between the cybercrime organizations and the FSB, the Russian Federal Security Services. Okay. Ipso facto, many (laughs) ransomware victims and incident response firms decide that paying Conti attackers was too risky, as the FSB is a sanctioned entity. Oh, I see. Okay, yep. So Conti is not a sanctioned entity, but because there's connections with the FSB, people were like, uh, I don't want to get in trouble. So Conti um, basically uh, eventually responded by announcing its closure, right? So they just said, we're not doing it anymore. Conti's closure drove many affiliates or people to conduct attacks for other ransomware strains where ransom victims were more mm. likely to pay because people weren't paying with these ones. And like notably not tied to the FSB, as they could see. But 
uh, because the people reuse the same wallets, chain analysis are able to better understand the ransomware ecosystem. So it all kind of makes sense. You're following me? Yep, I'm with you. I'll tell you what I don't understand is if you're saying that Conti stopped getting ransomware payments because organizations didn't want to pay a criminal organization associated with the FSB, wouldn't it be in the interests of the US authorities, for instance, to name lots of other ransomware groups as being affiliated with the FSB as well? And people wouldn't pay them either. Why not claim that they're all working for the Kremlin? I've linked to the chain analysis report. So they do do a bit of that oh. saying, here are the other ransomware oh. attached with the same wallets. Right? So they're using the wallets as a way to link the people who are behind it. They say the upshot of all this is that mm-hmm. it may be more productive to think of the ransomware ecosystem not as a collection of distinct different strains, but instead of a small group of hackers who rotate brand identities re- regularly. So they basically just rebrand them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. corporation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Siegel, CEO and co-founder of uh, Coveware, says the number of core individuals involved in ransomware is incredibly small versus perception, maybe a couple hundred. Wow. Huh. So he says it's the same criminals. They're just repainting their getaway cars. Huh. Fascinating. Wow. Well, it definitely changes my perception of ransomware a little bit. I, it's, that's not at all what I would have expected. I thought it was just like a, a huge wide web of thousands upon thousands, and they were all just casting wide nets. I would not have thought just a couple hundred. I think what's kind of cool about it for me as well is they're keeping to one wallet. You have also like ransomware researchers looking at the actual nuts and bolts inside the code to see how they're operating, how they're encrypting, how they're working, whether it's a service, whatever, whatever. And you put those things together, you get a much different picture of what's going on. And that's kind of cool. So yeah, interesting reading. Wow. News you can use. Amazing. How much money do these guys actually need? I mean, I can understand why Boris Johnson might need to keep on having dodgy loans given to him. But I mean, just (laughs) what what are they going to do with all of this money? Even if their numbers have gone down by 40%. Still a fuck ton of money, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think Graham's hurting financially right now. And he's like, now, like, why does anyone need more than (laughs) when they need? Because then I could have a bit more. (laughs) Give me some. (laughs) I don't understand what drives them, because, you know, if you've made your fortune through ransomware, isn't that enough? Do you, do you have to keep on going and maybe get yourself in more trouble? Yeah, we've seen people step down when they have enough, like Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> and, yeah, all of them. Elon. <laughs> I think you'll find Elon is he's letting look loose a lot of money. He's burning money. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, not he's collecting burning money that right money. Now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Didn't he get the Guinness World Record for the person who's lost the most amount of money? Yeah. Yes. Lost the most money in history. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) All imaginary money that never existed to begin with, but he lost it. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So there's probably a lot of smashing security listeners out there who might be concerned after hearing about the data breach, which recently occurred at LastPass. Now, that allowed hackers to steal customers' password vaults. And unfortunately, there were parts of those password vaults which were astonishingly unencrypted. There's no doubt a lot of questions users are going to ask LastPass about how that could have happened and why some of that data was left in that insecure state. But one password manager that isn't making that mistake is our sponsor, Bitwarden. Customers of Bitwarden know that their vaults are entirely end-to-end encrypted with zero-knowledge encryption, including, unlike LastPass, 
the URLs for the websites which you have saved passwords for. You can learn more about that in the Bitwarden Help Centre and at bitwarden.com slash privacy. And if you happen to be looking to switch password managers right now, well, Bitwarden makes it easy. They support importing from lots of other solutions, and there's even a LastPass migration guide available. Learn more at bitwarden.com slash migrate. That's bitwarden.com slash migrate. And stay safe. Today's podcast is also brought to you by NordLayer. Now, NordLayer safeguards your company's network, but it's much more than just a VPN for business. As you already know, business networks today are more vulnerable than ever due to remote work, ransomware attacks, data leak incidents. Well, NordLayer secures and protects remote workforces as well as business data, and it can even help you ensure security compliance. Simply go to nordlayer.com slash smashing and get one month free. NordLayer is easy to start at. It takes less than 10 minutes to onboard your entire business on a secure network. NordLayer is easy to combine as it's hardware-free and compatible with all major operating systems. And finally, NordLayer is easy to scale as you can choose a plan unique to your business requirements and your rate of growth. So if you want to secure your business network, go to nordlayer.com slash smashing to get your first month free. And thanks to NordLayer for supporting the show. Over 80% of all breaches occur when bad guys get their hands on the credentials of critical resources. Well, an efficient way to combat threats like these is using a privileged access management or PAM solution. An enterprise PAM tool like Manage Engine PAM 360 offers a holistic picture of all the privileged devices, users and credentials in your IT infrastructure. Manage Engine is part of Zoho that offers IT management solutions to over 280,000 enterprises around the world, so you're in good company. PAM 360 is a fully functional privileged access management suite that is easy to adopt and implement. From managing and governing access to all your enterprise resources to automating the access management lifecycle in your organization, PAM 360 does it all. It's also recognized by the Gartner Magic Quadrant. Additionally, PAM 360 offers excellent round-the-clock support for all customers and onboarding assistance for enterprises that need fine-grained customizations. PAM 360 is the solution for value-oriented enterprises looking to achieve world-class privileged access management without making a dent in their IT budget. Find out more and see for yourself at smashingsecurity.com slash PAM 360. That's smashingsecurity.com slash PAM 360. And welcome back. Can you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my Pick of the Week this week is not security related it is a particular niche form of pornography which i'm interested in which i'm going to talk yep so the the particular (laughs) branch of pornography i'm most interested in is property porn uh which is not chest porn (laughs) no no no. chest chest porn (laughs) oh no (laughs) i am actually a member of the chess porn uh subreddit uh, which isn't, it, it's mostly people drooling over lovely pieces. 
um, rather than uh, anything more fruity than that. But yes, no, I'm talking to you today about property porn, and I've been I've got a I've got a guilty little secret, ladies and gentlemen. When I'm on my exercise bike lately, I've been watching a TV show. It's, I mean, you know, it's not high culture. It's called Lux Listings Sydney. What? And it's on Amazon Prime. What? Yes. Amazon yes. Prime. Yes. Yep. Lux you Listings Sydney. You get half an hour or whatever, 10 minutes to yourself on the bike. <laughs> 45 minutes. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, 45 minutes. And this is how you choose to spend your time. This is how I'm choosing to spend my time. Okay. Rather than running some sort of dodgy scam for my prison cell, instead I'm on my <laughs> I'm on my exercise bike watching Lux Listing Sydney on my tiny little teeny Z1 phone. Um, it <laughs> Sam, is- I'm with you. You have to watch trashy TV when you're doing bike stuff. I, I do the same thing. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. You got it. Anyway, yep. this is one of those reality programs. Where um, in this case we've got a buyer's agent. His name is Simon Cohen. Uh, he is someone who's helping people buy houses. And there's also two real estate agents, Delianne Lewis and Gavin Rubenstein. And it's all fast cars, flashy cars, you know, f- flashy suits, complete wanking uh, wankers. Just, uh, they were, no, it's what? just, it's just. <laughs> Maybe I should restart that sentence. Is that what you're doing on the bike? Jeez, <laughs> that's why you called it born. <laughs> God, I don't have the energy. I don't want to watch people wanking. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's. But the point is that they're going round incredible high end luxury properties. It's like twenty five million, thirty million that we are dealing. It's just disgusting. Oh, the way the other half lives, you know. I'm not sure it's a half, half a percent, perhaps. <laughs> But it is um, quite astonishing. And so I've been watching this because um, I'm currently in the market for a new property. I'm looking around. Um, The properties I'm looking at don't really compare with these, but I'm quite enjoying it. I find it quite enjoyable. And so I am watching, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I am enjoying. I wish you were. Lux Listings Sydney on Amazon Prime, and it is my pick of the week. Graham, I have to make a confession. Before I came on this yes. show, I was agonizing what I was going to do as my pick of the week. And I was like, what's a show I've been watching lately? Oh, I can't mention any of them because they're all trash I watch when I'm on my bike. I'm not even joking. That is, I was like, I can't because they're all just like stupid reality TV that I can sort of zone out to while I'm biking. Tell us one. Tell us one, Maria. Come on, own up. Yeah, there's this one called The Traders. Uh, it's It's basically like the mafia party game, but they did it on tv and oh yes it, that's that's been on uk tv but i think it's also an american version isn't there oh i didn't know there were two different ones i I'm, I'm presuming i'm watching the american version okay um but yeah i'm just like that's not something i would just sit down and watch but i'm on my bike i'm yeah i absolutely yeah why that. not yeah that's better though than no carol have you watched Lux listing <laughs> sydney <laughs> I just, anyone who wants to buy a house for a hundred million because, oh, we definitely need 50, you know, a five bedroom house for the dogs. Do you watch Grand Designs? Just, <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Well, isn't that just yeah. sort of similar? <laughs> well, it has some integrity. Carol, you don't really get to see the actual buyers. It's mostly their agents, people, because when you're that rich, you don't actually buy the property yourself. You get someone else to do it all for you. You just trust their taste. Oh my god, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Thank you, that. Graham. You've you've had a great week. You've had a great week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I made my confession. I feel better already. Um. <laughs> I'm enjoying it anyway. Maria, your pick of the week. 
I'm not on TikTok, but this person is very famous on TikTok and also on Twitter. And their their videos get reposted. I see them all over everywhere, at least where I live. Um, his name is Matt Shearer, and he is he's a local reporter here in the Boston area for um, a really old school radio and TV station called WBZ. So it's 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 the it's like the old grandfather of TV and radio around here. And he's a young reporter, and he has gone viral a gajillion times on TikTok for his hilarious videos about all the weird quirks and foibles and strange characters in the area where i live in massachusetts and he he's got it's one of those things where if you've ever been to this area you might recognize some stuff but if you haven't you, you would go is any of this real and i can assure you that it is and he's he's just got this knack for making these really funny minute and a half videos that are just just brutally funny with a very weird sense of humor um there's there's a really famous one he did about three market baskets within like the, on the same street. Uh, the <laughs> market basket is like is our is our supermarket chain up here that people are religious about, myself included. It's like a whole thing. Uh, he also has a very famous video about how the town of Stowe lost its <laughs> only Dunkin' Donuts, and the entire town was like in mourning, not having a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like it really is like that around here, and his videos are super funny. Um, so yeah, Matt Shearer at WBZ. He's a uh, I think his Twitter account is Matt WBZ. Um, but if you've ever seen a video that's gone viral about something stupid in Massachusetts, it's probably him who made it. So. Oh. <laughs> fantastic! I love the idea of that. Yeah, and he just did a video as we've been talking in my hometown of Chelmsford. <laughs> so I, was just, I just saw the pop up as I was gonna put his url in on the show notes and i was like oh he just went to my hometown that's oh, it, amazing it's so. snowy there maria i'm watching the video oh, right yeah. now it, it's whoa, blimey <laughs> that's what it's like that's what it's like out there <laughs> that's what it's like out here this is normal actually this is a small amount of snow <laughs> for us so. wow <laughs> graves never seen snow <laughs> no i never never crow what's your pick of the week I have a great one and Thank i've been saving goodness. it for maria because i know she's oh. a bit of sci-fi junkie Oh, indeed. Yeah. Okay, so my pick of the week is a Netflix miniseries called Hot Skull. Have either of you seen it? Hot, Hot Skull. Skull? Hot Skull. S-K-U-L-L. Yeah. H-O-T. No, i heard of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that clarification. Okay, I'm setting up the premise right now. You guys are going to be hooked. Right. You ready? You ready? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah ready. For the past eight years... A worldwide epidemic has been affecting how people communicate. Uh, I know, I know, I know. It's called ARDS, A-R-D-S, okay? And the main symptom is the people infected speak nonsense, okay? (laughs) They are called jabberers. The virus is spread via the jabberer, okay? If someone who doesn't jabber is exposed to a jabberer's speech, they would become infected. So to protect themselves, people around wear noise-canceling earphones throughout the streets of Istanbul. (laughs) We're at set. Okay. Okay. And enter our hero, Murat Siavis. He somehow found himself immune to the jabber virus, right? He's the only one. Has he just got a lot of earwax? Is that that how he's immune? (laughs) He seems to be able to communicate with other people just fine. But when he's exposed, he tests himself by listening to tapes of jabber, and his head uh, spikes in temperature, but he recovers, and he never jabbers. Hence, hot skull. Oh, right. Okay. 
Okay, gets a hot skull. So he is hunted by those in power, of course, because he's known as the one who, you know, is uh, uh, immune. Uh, but he wants to elude them because he wants to search for the secret of his hot skull. It's freaking fabulous. Oh, I loved it. It's a mini series. It's on Netflix. It's great. It's, it shows you what a lot of imagination and heart can create. I'm gonna... How does a TV series like this get made? Because this is the most bonkers idea for a TV show ever. There was an episode of Star Trek D Space Nine that was had this premise. So I'm just saying that. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen this show. And I'm actually wondering if I can watch it in the US. It might not be available. And that might be why I've never heard of it. I hope so. Mm-hmm. It's called Hot Skull. It, I found it on Netflix in the UK. Um, if you like a wacky premise and a sci-fi angle, this is for you. Check it out. My pick of the week. <laughs> it's certainly whack if you ask me. Well, thank you. That just about wraps up the show for this week. Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way oh, for folks honestly, to Honestly, nowadays that? I use Mastodon more than uh, Twitter. Um, on Mastodon, I am at Varmazis at mstdn.social, if you can remember all that. I'm still at mvarmazis on Twitter. Um, and of course, I'm on the Cyberwire and I'm doing, I'm the space correspondent. So if you listen to the Cyberwire, you can hear me there as well. Space. Space. <laughs> Final frontier. Yeah. Frontier. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter won't allow us to have a G. Uh, no chance of that happening anytime soon, I imagine. Smash Insecurity also is on Mastodon. We love it too. You can find us most easily by going to smashinsecurity.com slash Mastodon, and that will redirect you to our account. And look up the Smash Insecurity subreddit on Reddit. And don't forget, to ensure you never miss another episode, follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast app such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And massive shout-out to this episode's sponsors, Bitwarden, Nordlair, and Manage Engine Pam360. And, of course, to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest list, and the entire back catalogue of more than 305 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Bye! I'm better! <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yay, I'm glad you're better. <laughs> Yay. Welcome back, bro. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. Maria, I was looking mm. for the show notes for this uh, episode, and I mistyped, mm. and I didn't notice because your name, you did episode 36 with us on the 3rd of August, oh, 2017. Uh. Are you serious? Yes, and your topic was Flash. Oh, <laughs> Flash. Oh. What is Flash? Da-da. What is that? So it's it's like, not dead yet. Oh That's what you said. No. Yeah, well, I, I thought you were going to say Facebook. I was like, so, no more Facebook, please. There you go. Blast from the past. Oh, my God. 2017. I was yeah. a baby. Oh. Yeah. Oh, baby. Oh. Oh. Oh.